Welcome to the Sports Marketing Huddle. I'm your host, Rob Cressy, founder of Bacon Sports. And joining me today is Mary-Kate McGrath, Chief Content Officer at Gallery Media Group. Mary-Kate, super excited to have you on the show. Thank you, super excited to be here. Can you give a quick overview on who you are and what you do? I would love to. So I am the Chief Content Officer at Gallery Media Group. Um, and what that means is I oversee the content and creative for anything that our publishing house creates. So we have two main media brands. One is Pure Wow, which talks to women in their 30s about all sorts of lifestyle content. So everything from what to wear from their closet, what food to eat that they already have in their fridge, um, what beauty tricks they need to know. Uh, we focus on beauty, wellness, family, and um, food for women in their 30s. Um, we produce content across our owned and operated site, uh, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, you can find us anywhere a woman in her 30s might be. And then similarly, I oversee the content creative for a new brand that we launched just a year ago. So happy birthday, baby boy. Um, and it's 1.37 p.m. And it's geared at millennial men. And it's a really interesting value prop. It's, uh, we think that there is a rise of entrepreneurship with this younger guy that has never been seen before. And so we evaluate culture through the lens of entrepreneurship. So we write about culture and sports and sneakers and sporting cards, which is apt for you, and cannabis, um, but all through the eyes of how this guy can get involved in those sectors. And same thing as PureWow, 1.37 p.m. is also wherever the consumer is right now. So Instagram is a huge play, site, Twitter is a huge play for this guy, um, Twitch, things like that. Uh, emerging platforms. Um, and then we also do some other things at one at Gallery Media Group. So I oversee um, or I help the people who oversee our um, Instagram portfolio. So we have a portfolio of about 40 Instagram handles, um, everything from at cocktails to at car, um, since we think that there's so much attention on Instagram, as well as our branding content and work that we do with our beloved sponsors. So it's a very fun, every day's new crazy, wild, lovely job. Well, it's nice that you pretty much just listed out my entire life when you talked about what you do at 137. It's like, oh, so you created this for me because I am that person right there. Before we get to that, I want to talk, to talk about something that's even more important. You being a believer in handwritten notes. And... <laughs> This is something that I've actually had experience with as well because of the personal side of a relationship that you can add that, oh, by the way, so few other people do. And when you do it, it completely stands out. So why are you a believer in it? Because I'm certainly a believer in it. I love, I love skewing the odds in your favor, right? Like I'm competitive. I love a competitive edge. And like a text is great, an email is fine, um, a DM is whatever, but a handwritten note, like you're in a new class, folks, and you do a handwritten note. Um, I have baller handwriting, so like that's one thing. But I think a handwritten note, like in this world today, especially, did you hear, did you read recently how people are like, 
employing um, professional cuddlers. Like I think that like personal touch and like really reaching out and having an experience with someone is so few and far between right now. And a handwritten note just like harkens back to some like grandmother moment or something that people feel all warm and fuzzy when they get it. And you're already like one step ahead of the competition if you send one. So if you're interviewing with me and you send a handwritten note, you're like definitely coming back. Yeah, I agree. And I would really like to think about what is the experience that I can deliver for you with whatever I'm going to send you? Because quite frankly, I don't just stop at the handwritten note. I may also include a link to a personal video that also says, hey, Mary Kate, thanks for coming on the podcast. Or I've sent jerseys before, like not like a super expensive thing, like something where you, you realize there's a niche that all of a sudden you're like, wow, this person understands attention to detail. And it's small things like this that we're just looking for an edge. And what's going to separate you from anyone else out there that has the same skills or any number of things? And this is how you really stand out. It's also just fun, right? Like we have fun jobs. We get to do fun things and we're nice people, right? Like I've met you for 13 seconds and like you're a good guy. Like I think it's also just like, a fun thing to do, like we wrote something on 1.37 p.m. and I should ask somebody what it was, but we wrote something about Hot Pockets. I can't remember what it was about Hot Pockets. Hot Pockets. Hot Pockets. And someone, like we're obsessed with consumer um, feedback. Like we really want to know what our audience likes, doesn't like, like we're obsessed. We do hand-to-hand combat there. We are constantly in DMs with them. Like and somebody DM'd us and said something like, why are you writing about Hot Pockets? Never even had one, they're not that good. And so the editor told it to me and I was like, well, you know what you have to do? And they're like, what, not write about Hot Pockets? I was like, no, first of all, write more. And second of all, you gotta send that guy a Hot Pocket. And um, we did, and I'll tell you right now, it's not easy to send a Hot Pocket to somebody. Um, but I think we like, am, I think we either enrolled in Amazon pantry and then got him one hot pocket, then like, then changed the subscription. Or I think someone used their parents pantry, like login to send it, whatever it was, it was a completely concerted team effort, but, um, we sent that guy a hot pocket. I love that. So this is actually a great transition to what I actually want to talk about, the value and importance in engagement. So one thing that I've noticed on the 137 Twitter, which is where I primarily consume the majority of my 137 content, even though I do follow on other platforms as well, is I'm always auditing the the content that I see. What are people doing? Um, I'm very engagement oriented. It's how I've built Bacon Sports over the last seven years. I understand the ability or the importance of building a community by asking questions and allowing people to participate. So some examples of some tweets that I've seen recently, uh, dream vacation city, and then it just like leaves a dash for you to enter it or send us a screenshot of your home screen. Uh, What shows are you currently binging right now? Give us some recommendations. So help us understand your mindset for that and why that's a part of your content mix. So everyone at Gallery Media Group is obsessed with delighting the consumer, wherever that person is. And when I say wherever that person is, it's because in media, it obviously shifts, right? Their title shifts of 
um, either you're building your site and you're building Facebook, you know, live and you're building Instagram, whatever the moment is, we are trying to be posed to be there, but it doesn't matter if you're not asking the consumer what they want and you're not tuned into what they want. Um, I had a, a past history of working in magazines and in magazines for a long time, you, they were staffed by very, very smart people who were clued into society in such cool ways. So the culture vibes were coming from that. But there were not as many indicators of what the consumer wanted or as many like easy paths to discuss or talk to your consumer. Like that's gone. If you think you can be a media brand today that's on high and delivering what people should care about, like, like go scratch. Like that's not going to happen anymore. Consumers are way more powerful, way more clued in. And if you're not asking their opinion or, or using their own expertise, like, they're just going to pass you by. And I'm really fortunate to have found a bunch of people to work here at GMG who feel that same way. And we have a squat team overseeing our Twitter and everyone on 137 PM contributes to Twitter. Everyone has their own power hour where the Twitter is them. Um, but we're like, they are doing tweets from other people, but like they are steering the ship. Um, but we have like one of our editors, Brian Anthony Hernandez, is a gem at this. And he's very, very deft at opening up these questions and then using that one moment to drive tons of content from. So like selfishly, it gets us a lot of content, but like really openly, we want to make sure that we're, that we're delighting that consumer every single day. Um, you can't serve ads to a consumer that's not in with it, on, like is on the journey with you, right? Like we can't ask them to like consider brand partners messages if they don't already think that we're such a value add to their life. And of course, 137 PM's value add is much different than Pure Wow, but everything that we produce at, at Gallery Media Group is supposed to absolutely make that consumer's life better. Um, the tag of Gallery Media Group, kind of like our motto is to make positivity louder, which is such a great driving force for us. And when you kind of believe that, you just want to make sure that you're in touch with that consumer and that that consumer is really being benefited from your work. So even if we take the example of Dream Vacation City or send us a screenshot of your home screen, uh, take us, how does that then transfer to the next thing? So let's say you guys get sent 150 different uh, home screens, or I say my dream vacation city is somewhere in the Maldives. So Ooh, is it? Uh, it is, it's actually, that's on my dream bucket list is to go to the Maldives because I've always been in love with those bungalows in the middle of the water. And to me, that's just such a, I guess a fantasy land uh, that is also the complete opposite of the way that I currently operate my life of like, that is as slow as possible. And I'm just like, just going everywhere. Just cannibal out of bed right into the water. Right. Sure. So the, you're asking why we do it or you're asking what happens right. next? So because what I'm really trying to get at with this is, all right, someone's like, I buy into all of this. Maybe I'm just going to create my Twitter account where I just have a list of questions. And now I've got 50 different questions about engagement that happen per day. 
And while you're going to get engagement, what is the next level of, level of value for you? So now that you've got this engagement, you're doing something with it. Sure. So twofold there. Like, I think um, a, like a handle of all questions without any kind of unifying force or North Star or value add is going to be kind of like an annoying like ant at Thanksgiving, like just yapping your ear. Like what, why are we having this conversation? Like, what am I getting from you? Right. So, um, we're careful about like when we ask, like we were careful to make sure that there's a content mix that is giving and asking and provoking and telling and inspiring and making them laugh and like things like that. Right. So we, we, we reverse engineer it how do you want the consumer to feel? So if you're asking a question, do you want them to be like, oh, that's such a good question. Do you want them to think like, oh my gosh, my boy Sam should answer this. Do you want them to like pontificate and be like, that's a good question I haven't thought about. Like, I think we want, always are thinking about the consumer, consumer, consumer. So what do we want the consumer to feel or, or, or how do we want them to react? And why do we have the authority or the um, permission to ask that? So that's one, just one want to put that out of the way. And then the second thing is, is that I think it's really interesting is that we, we don't know exactly what we're going to make from all of that. Like sometimes, sometimes, um, Twitter is a great place to try ideas. Like a lot of times we have a pitch meeting where all the editors pitch their ideas and whatnot. And a lot of times we think that Twitter is just a place to even just start a gem of an idea and see if it starts taking off and if it really percolates or like really like pierces culture. Um, and if it does, then you know that like you probably onto something that needs a little bit more or that like could benefit from more attention. So like, does that become an Instagram story? Does it become a video on YouTube? Does it become a long form piece on our site? Um, that's a good indicator. So sometimes we use Twitter as a temperature read. And then also like, if someone's taken the time to answer us or write us or DM us or like participate, like we want to call that person out by name and like interact and be there with them. Like we are not a bot, we are people. And we, I have much smarter people doing this than I am. And we want them to feel super cool. So if you say the Maldives, like maybe someone connects you with someone who's like, oh, like, so-and-so just went to the Maldives, you should meet them. Or like, just be warned if you sleep in that over like water bungalow, you might have to pee all night. Like whatever the value adds are there, like we're humans. We want human interaction. And as a media company, we're in the delightful opportunistic place to be part of that conversation. Do you believe that every brand should become a media company? <laughs> What do you mean by that? Well, here's the thing. I do. Based on the way that content is created, that the definition of a media company has sort of changed because at the end of the day, brands are creating content and they're engaging users and they're providing value and they're building relationships. And they, the ways that they would do it would be the same way that you as a publisher or a media company would be building out your brand. So mm -hmm. I've never understood why brands don't think of themselves as a media company for the content they're going to create because at the end of the day, that's why they're using social media marketing is to 
build these relationships. And if you can create one piece of content, you can create a lot more content. So why not just build an in-house studio, which, oh, by the way, is incredibly simple to do because I've done it. If I can do it, everybody else can do it. So that's sort of where I was coming from of a lot of brands tell me why they don't create content or social media marketing instead of saying, well, why can't we be just like a publisher? Sure. So like, I think that a, if a doctor, if a plastic surgeon, like, have you seen the plastic surgeons are like on the rise on Instagram? They're like one of like the, the most watched accounts. Like if I'm a plastic surgeon and I am putting out my um, content all day on Instagram, I don't think I'm a content I don't think I'm a media company, right? Like I'm a plastic surgeon first. Same for whatever brands I think. I think that um, we have a new podcast at Gallery Media Group called the CMO Podcast. And it's launched, it's um, hosted by a man who I'm like tremendously impressed with, Jim Stengel. He's been a longtime CMO. Uh, He now has his own shop where he consults, but he was a longtime CMO predominantly at Procter and Gamble. So like obviously world's one of the world's largest advertisers. And I like his approach to this idea and it's what is a brand's purpose? So like to me as a content creator or a, a chief content officer, like that, I, that makes me like a surgeon, right? Like that's my job, whatever. And like what I do or, or make or tools I use, sure. A lot of other people can do it, but like what is my purpose as a company is to like gain, to gain audience and trust with that audience and, and to deliver them a gift every single day. Like I think that a surgeon or the plastic surgeon's job is not to do that. Right. He uses those tools, but that's not his primary focus. Procter and Gamble's primary focus is not to, um, is to make, you know, CPG and to be in the homes of, of all uh, across the world. So like, instead I always go back to purpose and not like then the like nomenclature of like that you're a media brand. Um, I think that, I think that brands should identify those purposes. I think that they need to, I think that makes them relevant or else um, the next group of shoppers might not be there. Um, But I think that um, if I were a CMO of a brand or if I were a CEO of of a kind of, consumer facing brand, like heck yes, I'd be making so much content. Um, my office overlooks the New York skyline. And like, I always point to that landscape and say to everyone, like, those are all the people making content right now. Like that big building over there, that's Viacom. And that like small building over there, that's your mom. And that other one over there is like a, you know, a New York Knicks like fan group. So like all those people are infiltrating the air and if you're a brand you have to go through all of those people in order to get your message across and to reach that end consumer we all do if we're trying to reach a consumer everyone has to do that um if you're my mom you don't care if anyone saw it besides me but like everyone else has to reach an end consumer so i think it's use those tools content is an amazing one that are at your avail awesome i dig it so i'm gonna get you out on some Quick questions. Cool. Do you have a creative app on your phone that you use or you recommend? Yes. I'm obsessed with Instagram. Obsessed. And I'm 
I know Instagram should be raw, but I'm, I've always been annoyed by the lack of choices for fonts. So I have a new font app that I can use for my photos and videos before I put them on Instagram. Is there a name of that app? My phone's like over there. <laughs> Which is very weird. I cannot believe it's not on me. Uh, we will find that out. Word, word circus or font circus, or if it's not one of those two, it should be called that because that's a good name. Um, do you have a piece of advice that you've been given that has helped you along on your journey that you might be able to share with us? Sure. Um, I've had a lot of amazing jobs and this is the one I've been at longest because it's just like, it's more, it, this is where my purpose is. I really want to build this company. I want to make it a legacy company. I have amazing partners with Gary Vaynerchuk and Ryan Harwood and everyone who works for me. I, I honestly feel like is family and it's a really special place. So I'm not surprised I've been here the longest time, but I remember being at other brands before that, that were really meaningful companies in style, real simple food network. And I always got really kind of like caught up in when I thought it was time to leave, um, being really like hamstrung and like not really being able to like cut the cord. And I remember someone said to me, um, you've done it already. Like you don't have to do it for 10 years. Like you've done that job. Like that job is not changing. That job is not mold, like uh, evolving. You've done that job. It's on your resume. You can speak to it. It's in your tool belt. Like you don't need to keep doing it. Um, it's time for you to move on. And that for some reason, like visually, I just understood that. So it's awesome. don't get like caught up thinking like, you know, it's fail fast. It's, it's whatever Garyism you want to say here, but like, to me, that just makes real sense. Awesome. So Mary Kate, where can people connect with you? I, of course, am on Instagram, mkmcgrath212. Um, LinkedIn. Um, yeah, hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn. As always, I would love to hear from you about this episode. What I want to hear is, do you have a creative app on your phone that you use and love? You can hit me up on Instagram, Twitter, or LinkedIn at Rob Cressy and I'll share anything good that gets sent in. That's it. That's all.